It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, I'm Eben Brown. Turkey will be building drones for Ukraine in Ukraine as the U.S. sends more of its most powerful missiles to be used against the Russians. This is how Ukraine is trying to dominate the battle space and make sure that Russia can't move around undetected. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. The Russians have had trouble fighting in Ukraine, and that's thanks to Ukraine's use of specialized drones, which are able to send their military information on troop location and artillery movements. The drones Ukraine are using are designed and built by a Turkish company. Ukraine wants to buy more using the monetary aid it's been receiving. And so to make things easier, the drones manufacturer is going ahead with plans to build a factory inside Ukraine. It's a vote of confidence that the successful Turkish company is willing to set up a joint venture in Ukraine It says Turkey thinks Ukraine's going to come out on top in this conflict. Dr. Rebecca Grant is a national security analyst with Iris Research and also a Fox News contributor. Also, it tells you that they want to continue to sell these drones to Ukraine and, of course, to other international customers. And it shows that Ukraine has the workforce that's ready to do this. Also, it means there'd be no question about interruptions in supply. This means that when this company gets set up, Turkey and Ukraine can produce these drones as long as they need to to keep Ukraine secure from Russian attacks or in the future to help continue to guarantee Ukraine security. Why are these drones so popular with the Ukrainian military? What do they do? What what can you tell us about them? Uh, obviously, drones fly around, but they, they have uh, a bit more of, of task-oriented equipment on board. With this drone, Ukraine's military forces can hunt the Russians day and night, depending on the sensors they carry, they can look for Russian troop positions without having to risk people, soldiers on the ground or helicopters that would be more noticeable and put Ukrainians in harm's way. So this is how Ukraine is trying to dominate the battle space and make sure that Russia can't move around undetected. And then most of all, Ukraine uses these drones to target key Russian military spots, whether that's um, an artillery piece, a supply area in, in earlier in the conflict that also included tanks coming down the road. The drones have made a huge difference in terms of Ukraine's defenses. Are these drones reusable or are they do they have a, a sort of a, you know, a short shelf life? We've heard reports of of Ukrainian drones kind of getting one or two good flights before the Russians shoot them down. Is that uh is that something that these drones are are affected by, or or, or these do these do these have a, a bit longer of a of a functional life for them? 
These drones are designed to launch and recover and go on multiple missions. So yes, these drones are reusable. That said, your drone is not built like a commercial airliner. It's not as rugged. And the drones without pilots, they run into all kinds of trouble from weather to rough landings. They all have a system that allows them to lose a communications link and then come back to base or pick that up. But sometimes also the drones get shot down either by Russian ground or air forces. So it's a rough life for the drone. They're very effective, but you do lose a lot of them. Are, are they are they automated? I don't know how much of this you can get into, but are, are they automated? Are they smart in that regard? Or is there just a, a human with a remote control somewhere uh, able to view cameras and, and fly these things? How, how do these things work? Yeah, usually a combination of both. There will be human operators looking at cameras and monitoring the status of the drone. Humans will do some of the flying, but the drones also have a lot of automated routines on board, a lot of autopilot functions, if you will, that allow them to carry out most of their mission. So it's a combination of man and machine and controlling those drones right now. Do, do the Russians not have anything either comparable or anything that they could use to um, effectively uh combat against these drones or is this truly a, a one-up for the ukrainian military because they could sort of use that i think if they if it is russia in fact has, a one-up yeah right uh russia has drones of its own but they've had a lot of them shot down or lost in combat and russia's drones contain parts from all over the world. And right now, Russia can't get more parts for their drones. So Russia's lost quite a bit of their drone fleet. Now, drones are vulnerable. Uh, if you have fighter aircraft flying in the area, it's pretty easy for a fighter to take out a drone. But the drones can cover a wide area, too. And so it really has given Ukraine a major one-up. And the advantage comes from combining the drone video and surveillance with all the other things that Ukraine is doing. So feeding that into their common battle space picture, that's really where the advantage is for Ukraine. How does Ukraine pay for these drones? I guess with the money we're providing in, or in some way, I'd have to think. Well, the United States and I think now a total of 48 other countries are providing security assistance. Some of that is cash to go shopping for new drones. They had some in their inventory that they bought themselves, but definitely the U.S. and Western allies have helped them go shopping for some new drones. You've been listening to National Security Analyst and Fox News contributor Dr. Rebecca Grant discussing the new weapons that the Ukrainians will acquire to fight their battle with Russia. On the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine, we'll have more with Dr. Grant straight ahead. The United States is also announcing more anti-radar missiles for the Ukrainian uh, aircraft to target Russian radar systems. Now, th this also seems to be uh, a, a, a tactical thing as well. I mean, th there's an old fighting adage, if a man can't see, he can't fight. If you could knock out Russian radar, that does seem to give the Ukrainians an advantage that the, if they can't be seen coming or if they they're having trouble seeing them coming. Um, so tell us about these new these missiles that are being sent over. They are American made, American produced. I, I believe Raytheon is the contractor on these. Uh, this is some I, 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 I can't imagine it's our latest and our greatest, but it's still probably part of the greatest in our arsenal that we have, which is so uh, amazingly big. Uh, but please tell us about them. 
delivering harm high-speed anti-radiation missiles to Ukraine. This is a big deal. I mean, take that, Vladimir Putin. The harm is our top-of-the-line anti-radar missile. So our Air Force and Navy use it against enemy air defenses. What's so cool about the harm is that it targets a little bit of radar emission coming from that Russian air defense battery, and it shoves that missile down the throat of the radar and the battery operating it. So the harm is a direct kill weapon that we've used very successfully in Operation Allied Force and other occasions over the past 20 years. This is top flight stuff. I am really glad that finally Ukraine has this weapon. So this really is sort of our top of the line model here. This is the stuff that we use that we rely on to to fight with ourselves. Is that what you're saying? It doesn't get any better than harm. This is a very sophisticated system, and it's just what Ukraine needs to shut down some of those Russian air defenses. And even more, it makes other Russian air defense operators really wary about being attacked. And the net effect is they get reluctant to turn their radar on. So if they turn their radar on and the harm detects it, they die. That makes them want to leave their radars off even more, and it degrades their effectiveness. So it's great to take out a few S-300s like Ukraine has claimed, but it also really puts a chill on any of the Russian air defenders there because now they know they are vulnerable to the top of the line weapon, which is the harm. It's a really good development. I, I, I have to ask, though, what about operational security for the United States in this regard. There have been reports that some of the armaments, or not not just some, but a lot of the armaments that we have been sending to Ukraine have not totally made it. Some have ended up on the black market. Uh, is, the, is this a guarded secret kind of weapon? I mean, or is there really a security risk that the secret of how this weapon works could fall into the wrong hands. How do we address that issue? Because I think that's a real concern that people would have. I'm not worried about uh, technology issues with harm. Partly, we have dropped harms all sorts of places. They came into the inventory in the 1980s, and we have dropped those things in a bunch of different places. So I'm not worried about somebody picking up a harm off the battlefield and reverse engineering it. That's not a problem. There's also a lot of software involved in the harm. So that gives us the ability to do some security controls and make sure it's being used in the right place. But believe me, I'm sure what Ukraine's going to ask for next is more harms because these are extremely useful weapons and they have no end of targets to use them on. I think they're going to be used as we intended them to, no question. Let's talk China and Taiwan. Uh, Ever since uh, Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, China has really stepped up its military drills and its uh, its overt presence, if you will, uh, off of Taiwan's coast and, and in the in the sea. This seems to be a kind of a, a forward move for them. It, it, should we be interpreting this as a threat uh, by China? I mean, obviously, they have the right to practice their military drills. I don't think anyone's going to ever say no. But to to continue flying as close as they are and as frequently as they are to Taiwan, uh, the United States has to respond to this at some point, even if it's just with words. This was a threat to Taiwan, no question. Xi Jinping is trying to coerce Taiwan. But let's look at how well did he do. They've flown these military exercises, but they've been a little bit cautious. They've flown a lot in the daytime. 
They flew some older aircraft, but not their top of the line J-20 stealth fighter. We saw them use uh, two or three military drones, but no more than that. So no question, they were trying to show that they could put an air blockade over Taiwan that would lock out the U.S. or any forces that tried to go in there and assist. So for us, this is a wake-up call. It's time to bring up Taiwan's defenses so that they have really good air defenses. Let's make sure that, that Taiwan has harm missiles available. And then all the things that they need to really mount a strong defense so that China will be deterred. Uh, the idea of, of beefing up uh, Taiwan's air defenses, the, the Ch- China could see that as a threat uh, uh, in the other way of things. That if there's more military investment in Taiwan, they consider Taiwan theirs. In fact, the uh, the press release they put out uh, when Nancy Pelosi's plane landed was that she was visiting or she um, she had landed in Chinese Taiwan or, or China's Taiwan region or something like that. Uh, obviously, it's a language game. I get that. But uh, if we were to start parking missiles in Taiwan, I don't think that they would be OK with that. Well, uh, Taiwan has a lot of missiles of its own. And let's not forget that my uncle, a Marine fighter pilot, was stationed on Taiwan in the 1950s when the Air Force also had over 100 aircraft based on Taiwan. This has been going on for a very long time. And the one thing we've learned from the Taiwan troubles over the years is that China really respects strength. I see no problem in letting U.S. forces go there for training exercises and certainly no problem continuing to sell Taiwan the defensive weapons, which include F-16s, drones, and other types of missiles that Congress has already approved. So we need to keep that defense package flowing into Taiwan. Look, the only thing Xi Jinping is going to understand is strength. And Taiwan is an independent, an independent outfit. They believe themselves to be an independent nation. And we need to not have Taiwan get taken over in the way that Hong Kong was. Dr. Rebecca Grant, you're a national security analyst with Iris Research, and you are also a Fox News contributor. Thank you for being with us yet again on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.